0: Welcome back to Down for the Count, everybody. Uh, as always, I am Alexis, and with me, we have, I'm going to try that again because I'm half asleep. Can we try? <laughs> Let me do that again? All right, three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to Down for the Count. I am Alexis, and with me always is Tiff, Janae, and Nicole. Ladies, say hi. Hello. Hi. And we also Hello. have. <laughs> We also have a special returning guest, our good friend Don Rex is here. Don, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. How you been today?
1: I've been pretty good. I've been all right. Couple birthdays this right. weekend, so yeah, I'm feeling good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we just got done watching Hell in a Cell, so please excuse us if we sound a little tired. Some of us may come and go. You don't know what's gonna happen, but hey, that's the point of listening to our show. Weird shit always seems to happen. Anyway, so Hell in a Cell 2020 is now in history books. What overall did you guys think of the show? Because I'm not gonna—I don't want us to break it down match by match by match, but overall opinions. What do y'all think?
2: Well we let Don go first? He's a kid. Let him go first. Let me go to um. Janae, you, Nicole, and I'll go last.
0: All right, Don, what is what's your opinions about Hell in a Cell this year?
1: Um overall, you know, it's usually filler matches in these pay-per-views, but I have to give it like a three out of five, just because it was only three good matches on the card. Ooh. Because you oh. have two filler matches, was it two? About three, two or three filler matches, and they were pointless outside of the Hell in a Cell matches. You didn't have any, none of your mid card titles showcased. You didn't have your tag teams showcased. You had a Money in the Bank match, which could have been done on, you know, a broadcast TV show. That would have been fine. Then you had R Truth and um, Drew Gulak do the kickoff which is usually a five-minute segment on Monday Night Raw. That never makes sense to me why they have matches on the kickoff show for the 24-7 championship. And, you know, just a lot of the, the women's, only what, one woman's belt was defended. Oscar mm-hmm. out to it try. Was. So, yeah, I'd say three out of five. It wasn't that good, but the Hell in the Cell matches, they were good.
0: Uh, Janae. What do you think? What'd you, what you was? What was your overall vibe of Hell in a Cell this year?
3: Um, it wasn't bad. It was okay to good. Like Don was saying, the matches outside of the cell were just filler matches that I didn't care for. Um, honestly, at this point, I really don't care for the 24/7 title because it's just for me, it's not entertaining or fun to me anymore um also just because i like drew gulak and i just hate the fact that he's been put into this 24 7 title thing really could care less about retribution and them trying to prove some point that they need to be taken seriously when they lose constantly so anything ali says even though i like ali i just i don't take it too seriously because they're not showing me anything that's worth my while um, the Miz and Otis match, it, it is what it is. They had no plans when they gave Otis that briefcase. So, again, whatever. So the only matches that I really cared about were the ones that were in the cell. And those ones in the cells, uh, were actually, they were really good matches that I enjoyed. So it it was, it was fine. Just, there was filler matches, again, I didn't care for. So three out of five, like Don was saying.
2: Um,
0: I, I have a very love-hate relationship with Hell in a Cell, because it's either really good, or it's really bad, and they busted out the Roman and Jey Uso match first, which I I don't understand why they did it first, but, like, by the time that match was over, just because of, like, all the emotions that were going on. And like, I told y'all some crazy shit was going to happen in this match. I was, I was half right. I was half right. If Jimmy didn't come out there and Roman, you know, made Jay say, I quit. I quit because he's attacking your brother. I would, I was, I was getting ready to to start bragging. I'm not going to lie. Um, This show is kind of mediocre at best. And it's no shade to the people who went out there and put a show on for us tonight. Cause they really didn't have to, but it's like, now you're going to have the Miz gunning for Orton. And this is what I was telling them, like all these, uh, all of them before you got survivor series, like starting tomorrow on raw, no one's going to talk about hell in a cell, like a fond memory. It's something that happened they are going to strictly start focusing on Survivor Series. So now you have Randy Orton, who's going to go up against uh, Roman Reigns and Finn Balor, if he's still NXT champ by the time that rolls around, at Survivor Series. But now you have this annoying, lingering shadow of The Miz, who's going to try to come in an in opportunity cash-in. And that's what kind of pissed me off about it. Well, it's like. You had nothing. It's it's kind of like you guys ever heard this epi- up uh, this interview with Jim Henson, and they're always like, well, you know, on the old Muppet like on the old Muppet show, why were you guys always exploding things? Because like at the end of some skits that weren't going anywhere, you know, just someone would blow sh- something up. And he goes, well, basically that means we wrote ourselves into a corner. We didn't know how to finish it, so we just exploded it. And that's what it kind of is reminding me of. Because you're either going to have a successful cash in, after, like at Survivor Series after that match, or Miz is not going to become a champion, and then it's just going to be a waste of a money in a t- money in the bank for the whole year. And it's one thing if it's like if it's worth the wait, but this is just turned into a, a gimmick, kind of like this year to me. Um, Sasha and Bailey, they fucking brought it to me. That was match of the night. And I'm a huge Jeff Hardy fan. I could have cared less about that Elias
1: Jeff match when it started going on.
3: Oh, I forgot that was a match too.
1: Yeah. So did fun, I for a while. Very short notice. They shouldn't. They should have scrapped that.
3: That
0: should have been. The you know, the only plus side is is that this pay per view was thankfully short. But um, yeah, it, it was overall very. Medi- Besides the women's match to me at least um nothing it it was just mediocre like all the way around nicole what do you think um
4: it was better than last year and this is just like as a whole i like hell in a cell i wish it wasn't his own pay-per-view sometimes but that's like a whole nother thing Um, Roman and Jay was, like, great. Awesome storytelling. Like, I'm super, I'm, like, super excited to see even farther of where this goes.
0: You're you're remixing, Nicole. Like that. Oh, shit.
4: I don't have my Wi-Fi on. Hold on. Okay,
1: is that better?
4: A little bit, yeah. Okay. So, um, them having, bringing out the Wild Samoans also like showed more of like the family's significance and like how important it was. Um, so I don't know. That match was really good. Um, like I was saying, I was like, whoever had to go after that match was, you know, was in the tough spot. I don't like Elias. I think I've always said this. I mean, I I like like his music or and stuff, but I just I don't get it. I don't get like the big hype behind him. I don't know. He's very triggering to me because it's just like it's just this this white guy with like a guitar, like it's, like this is really his gimmick, like really. But that's what, but yeah that that whole thing is stupid. Just is like it was just stupid. It was just a filler match. Like, poor Jeff Hardy is a filler match, but everything else is good. The women's match was good. I need to, um, I want to rewatch this so I can pay more attention to it because I sort of, I missed the pin or the submission. Rather, because cool. I was trying to, I was trying to um, tweet something, which I was very upset because she had her, I loved how she had her in the chair doing the bank statement. Um, I'm happy that I was watch like not tweeting when she did the uh, meteora against That's the true. the wall. I was really excited about that. Um, it. It was cool. I only person dot is. Uh, are the only people who are happy that Biz has money in the bank? <laughs> oh,
1: I'm 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 happy because you knew everybody knew that Otis they didn't have no plans on Otis. It was very clear.
4: Yeah, I'm just glad you are doing. So. I'm I'm just glad you are doing something with it. I, how I feel, the money, the bank is a tool that can be n- manipulated. It manipulated to do whatever. So I'm okay with it. This isn't super wonky to me because that's the whole point. Because it's a device. It's a device to build storylines and to do whatever. So. If they're using it to create a different storyline, I'm okay with it. So I, I was fine with that. I'm actually not mad that Randy's champion, either, which is also surprising. But then also, it's like Randy, this is probably his last. This is probably his last run as a world champion. Like, let's be honest. And, and like, yes, like I loved Drew, and Drew had a really good first run. Honestly, Drew could have lost how Kofi lost his title.
0: That's true too. Yeah, Not so, that you say that out
4: loud. Yes, I'm. Yes, I'm sad his run, his run. But honestly, he's had a best first title run than like most people in the past few years as well. Just on top of he could have lost like some bullshit like Kofi lost his, but. And like I said, it's like Drew, Drew has plenty of time to get it again. He still has some he still has some years that he can add on. Randy is old. Miz is Miz is a lot older than we think. I think what Miz is like Miz is like forty. He's at least forty. He has to be. Hold on.
1: I think he's about to be forty. I think he's like, about to be forty. Thirty nine or thirty
4: eight. Yeah, he, he's up there. Hold on. So it's just kind of like I'm okay with it because I know
1: he's forty.
4: Yeah, that's what I said, like he's up there. Um so I was like, let them let these let, let these let these old people get their shine. Yeah, he's 40. Let these people get their shine while they don't have to travel as much. And they could get their last title runs and it still means something. And they can slowly start transitioning themselves out because, like I was talking about earlier, these group of people aren't like the the ones who were before them, like the Hogans and the Shawn, and the Shawn Michaels and et cetera, et cetera, who's going to hold on to dear life. And the Undertakers are going to hold on to dear life when they should have been transitioning the people after them to take over. Mhm. so i think this is and it might seem like oh like why are they doing this yeah they are still like youngish in a certain extent but it's like they're they're ready to, they're tra- they're transitioning themselves out for the next generation which is something i really appreciate about them because i'm not trying to have some shit where you have Undertaker rattling his old fucking bones after having the, his 16th back surgery for the year, trying <laughs> to have a match
1: for no reason. That's nah, like Jericho shit to me, but hey. No, nah, that's yeah.
0: You call him Jericho shit?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I to
0: steal that. Thank you. I borrow that. Yeah, like know. he, I'll like I'll Jer- Jericho's
4: the same. Jericho's really. Jericho's gonna be wrestling like Undertaker soon. Same thing with Matt Hardy. Jeff, Jeff barely also has any, much left in the tank
0: as well. Now Jeff, Jeff has said this is his last run. He yeah. wants to retire in yeah, WWE he, yeah. and, this, and stay this done. To be his
4: last one. Yeah, he um, Matt. That he needs to take a a pay job at his book too.
0: But, you know, it's it's kind of interesting that you said that, Nicole, because, like, when you think about it, when, like, all those guys were coming in, even Drew, because Drew um Drew was kind of, like, the last guy of now when they were coming in, we still had the old guard. Like, Triple H and Shawn Michaels were, like, running around trying to relive their glory days by yelling, suck it and not trying to, to break a hip or something like that. And <laughs> I think what we're going to start seeing is a more quiet, you know, with like all of them is a more quiet transition. And cause it will be more respectful to the new guys. Because if you think about the time when all these guys started showing up, they didn't get like pushed ahead of the line. They had to, they had to fight with, they had to fight these old men to get where they are. And even then it's kind of like, do you really want to see, I'm trying to think of something like, do you want to see two grandpas going up like fighting like they lost their car keys, or do you want to see like the new guys that everyone's talking about? That's why I didn't and understand they, why and
4: they recognize that because they're not stupid
0: and, they're, so like,
4: and they and they don't have the toxicity that the locker room and the old guard had with within each other and within the business in general. They had they realize. The business is going to move just fine or even better without me. So I should do my part to not only like make a name for myself, but to help keep this going. They understand that. The other people didn't start understanding that until they're in their fucking 60s and 50s.
1: And so they weren't there no more.
4: Until it was like, it's just like whatever. So you have, and that's WWE's problem. They rely too much on old people. But they, this is just going beyond that. Um, but yeah, Hell in a Cell was like good. The women's match was good. Um, I want them to do something with Asuka. Oscar. Poor Asuka. Oscar. Um, they need to start doing something with the women's tag team belt because um, Impact just reintroduced them. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Impact been on fire. Yeah. Investing so I was like, y'all win. might want to start
1: doing more with those...
0: They catching up to you guys again,
1: <laughs> and this time it's looking real serious. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was real serious.
0: So, Tiff, you've been kind of quiet. We need, we know, all know, Drew is your boy. What did you think of Hell in a Cell? I
2: like the show. Um, I do think that um, the natural retribution and Hurt business was stupid. Oh, was I forgot stupid.
4: about
2: that. <laughs> it was absolutely unnecessary and they made Ali look like a double bitch. And I, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of um I'm sick of the uh the, the the laziness. And I think that sometimes when I say that they're lazy, people think I'm referring to the teens who write the stories and to the people who are trying to push the story. They're only doing what they're told to do. When I say people are lazy, I'm talking about Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. You're fucking lazy. You put this match on. It was unnecessary. You could have given Asuka a match with somebody else and made it worthwhile in the middle of the show if you wanted to have a palate cleanser between these belts. Jeff Hardy and Elias' match was fine. It was not meant to be anything but a palette cleanser. I'm fine with that. But you put Drew McIntyre, I mean you had um Lashley go in a match and then you're like, okay, he's gonna put the title on the line against Shane Thorne. What what the fuck did you no? That's stupid. It was stupid and it was lazy. And then he tapped out. For the most part, he actually put up a decent fight against the man, So it wasn't a complete squash. But y'all clearly didn't have no plan for this. And I was just like, ooh, he has have something in between here. Let's just put Bobby Lashley's title on the line. He hasn't been defending it since the last pay-per-view. So we might as well. <laughs> Gotta keep up with that 30-day rule of defending
3: titles, I guess. That was stupid. Like, I would rather have them have Bobby Lashley come out, do some stupid open challenge, have somebody come from the back, face him, win, then have Retribution try to attack them or something. But there was no point to this match. And again, like Tiff said, you made Retribution look like some bitches because they have been getting their ass kicked all the time, so why mm-hmm. should I take them serious at all? And then
4: I facts. forgot about I, that match. Like, I really did.
2: It should have been it wasn't forgotten. Even you're, you're not, it's not a problem for you to forget it. It should have been forgotten. I'm not going to say it was bad because Shane Thorne did put up a fight in the match, and it wasn't that bad. But you made it look bad when you had P-Bar and, and you had Dio mag and fucking dodger Kova coming there, and they not they don't put up no fight and don't get me wrong i ain't can we talk about Dio? Me. what Dio was wearing
4: hey, what the was, fuck was perfect.
2: that
4: yeah understand <laughs> I, I just to
2: wanna that. understand like even if you don't have no direction for them, then why not di- why didn't you just disband him why Why didn't you just disband them? Why the fuck did you put Ali in the middle of it? And now you're making him look worse. I'd rather you just put Ali's ass on main event and he show up and show out on there than to do this. Because you're making a mockery of the man. And he deserves better than that. But I'll tell you this, and then I'll move on. If Ali decides to not re-sign his contract once it's up with WWE, I would not fucking blame him. And wherever he goes, he should be considered a star. So if he goes to AEW... They need to do right by him there. If he goes to impact, I'm I'm sure they'll do right by him in impact. So I'd rather him go there. At least he would get the respect he deserves. At least he would get some shine. At least he would be able to be looked upon as somebody who is worthy of being on TV with a decent fucking storyline, and he ain't looking like no little bitch on TV. Okay. As far as cell matches are concerned. Roman Reigns' match was emotional as fuck. Okay, that broke my heart. So, I liked the match. The match did what it was supposed to do, which was solidify Roman Reigns at the top of the mountain, but also make make Jay have to make a choice. Jay chose to save his brother in the cell. That was the most unique finish I've seen for a match. And Alexis, she did call it. She did say something strange was going to happen, and she was 100% right. Roman won the match as he should have. Not going to take anything from him. He's a vicious, vile heel. And i it's scary how evil he is. That is some evil shit. He literally was in the ring crying or pretending to. And they got, got close enough to his cousin. To put him in that damn guild scene and then held him there, knowing that Jey Uso would not sacrifice him, would sacrifice himself to save his brother. He knew this. That is some fucked up shit. But it was good TV. And I don't understand. You look at it and you're looking at all of the Hell in the Cell matches. When you watch the show as a whole, you look at it, two-thirds, three most of the show was. SmackDown, the sales were focused more on SmackDown. There was one cell for Raw, which was Randy and Drew. The, sh- the shit that had to do with SmackDown was more worthy of watching than what had to be done with Raw. As yeah. far as Miz winning that Money in the Bank briefcase from Otis, the reason why I have a problem with it is because they could have put Miz in the fucking match to begin with and just gave him the goddamn briefcase. It did not make sense. I don't care how popular Otis was. There was no logic to Otis having the briefcase in any shape or form. There was no logic to it. It was a nice swerve, true enough, and it got the little sound bite or the little buzz that they wanted, but it did nothing long-term for anyone. The Miz has the briefcase now. Okay. We know that at some point he's going to cash it in. More than likely, it will be on the night of money in the bank, which is when his contract will expire. Fine. He's not going to cash in on Drew (laughs) because Drew's not champion anymore. That also broke my heart because I like Drew McIntyre. I have no hatred against Randy Orton, realistically. But I didn't have any desire to see Randy Orton as champion. If it's his last run as champion, so be it. They wanted to get him to 14, I guess. Cool. But for me, it didn't really matter. Randy Orton had already had his place picked out in the Hall of Fame. So whether he got to 14 or not, make no, never mind to me. I just liked having Drew as champion. I prefer that, and I just liked the way it went down. I'm going to be okay with seeing how this plays out for Orton, period as a champion. But for me, specifically, I like Drew, and I wanted him to stay champion. But they chose to go a different route. It is what it is. That would not have been my choice, though. As far as Sasha and Bayley is concerned, their match was was beautiful. I thought they did very well in the show. And I'm so glad that Sasha won. Because if she had a loss, she would have never been able to live that down. I don't care what you say. They would have held that shit over her head forever. Now the All question right, is... Gonna- guys,
4: I'm gonna get out of here. I gotta get some sleep. Okay. Alright.
2: oh
4: Good
2: night. Tonight. The question is gonna be now, is she gonna be able to hold on to it? That's all I've been to. Well, Sasha can't hold the title for more than two months, so oh I give her three months and she'll be fine. And then they're gonna let her drop the title. (laughs) I think y'all motherfuckers is ungrateful. And I'm just a lot of y'all are the main ones who have been bitching for a year about why Sasha Banks ain't had no championship. You want her to be champion. And she finally gets the belt back. When she's finally been, now it's all complete. She's held every title that is available in the women's division, from the NXT Women's Championship to all of the titles in the main part of WWE. She's held them all. Okay? She finally gets the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I still see, well, she ain't going to keep it long, so it don't matter.
3: Yeah. Like y'all don't ain't uh, grateful for shit. What I was so saying many- I think so she's fun. gonna keep it till at least like maybe a month or two after WrestleMania. Cause I think her and Bailey's gonna go to a TLC. I think they're gonna do a mini program with her and somebody else. I have this weird feeling Bailey's gonna win the Royal Rumble. They're gonna run it back to WrestleMania and then maybe she'll have it for like maybe a month or two more, and then I think they'll drop it. Unless she does a really good job at holding that title, and she brings in the viewership, and it's just like, you can't deny the fact that Sasha holding that belt is a good thing, then I could see her holding it for a really long time. But I'm giving her like a month or two after Wrestlemania.
2: If we're going by that logic, Bailey shouldn't have held it as long as she has.
3: That is true. Because
2: without Sasha, would you have been interested in Bailey being champion?
3: No. I mean, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of Bailey, So like me, I would I just I don't trust when it comes to WWE and Sasha because she deserves a nice lengthy reign. She really does. She deserves it. I'm going think- to be honest when
2: Sasha, when Bailey was champion and before, even after she turned, they gave her a program with Lacey, but most of that had Sasha involved. She was not by herself. So I'm not discrediting what Bailey did. Bailey was was that typical heel that she was supposed to be. Mm. But you're not gonna you're not you're not gonna convince me that if it was all about the views. Let's say this was normal circumstances, there was no pandemic involved, and it was just Bailey going out there every week, cutting promos or whatever, and running through the roster without Sasha. That it would have been as entertaining with the other way around. It just wouldn't have. That's just that's not me trying to shake Bailey or say she's not good enough, but the facts are the facts. It's just like with Miz, Nick. like Niz is entertaining. But when, when he had Maurice on his side, she added to what he was. Like she she made it better, more palatable to, to watch him. It was easier to hate him. Because she was just as vile as he was. So, you know, when you, she had a partner in crime that made her a little bit more shiny, a little bit more valuable. I can say that if if you're going to put Sasha in the program and you have her there, she's champion. The mere thought of her and Bianca battling it out is what people have been asking for for the last couple of years. I would would agree with
3: that, but I will say, though, like, when it comes to, if you just look at, if WWE looks at the viewership or, like, how many eyes are watching certain segments, even at the time when Sasha was gone and Bayley was champion, as a female wrestler, she still had the highest segments out of all the females that were on TV without Sasha. When you added Sasha, that
1: just doubled the, the views, well, you gotta think at that time without Sasha, it was because Charlotte was on the program, too. One of our mm. checking for, you know, Bailey, the buddy, the hugger, they was looking to Charlotte to be her ass yet again. At least I know I was. <laughs> <laughs> do like, i ready. I didn't like the overall, hugger.
2: Either. Overall, my the, the filler matches were just that. They were filler matches. I wasn't too mad, but that retribution shit pissed me off. Yeah. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. And I really wish that WWE would sometimes learn that there are diamonds in the cold. And they have to learn how to value that coal so it can become a diamond rather than just constantly putting pressure on it. And then when they leave, they become the diamonds that they're supposed to be. You're wasting your talent. And you're doing it because you're relying on guys like, don't get me wrong, but you're relying on guys like MVP and you're relying on guys like Randy Orton. Yeah, they have the star power, but just like we tell AEW, you got to learn how to start relying on those other guys too. That's why they're there. You need to start building them. And if all we're going to get from you is matches with other people who are already stars, and you're not trying to start building anybody else, then people are going to always shit on the product. You're going to lose views. And it's just, it's just unnecessary. You know, I like Hell in a Cell as a pay-per-view. I, I prefer it to be a pay-per-view because it usually ends a feud or at least gives you a nice top-off before it ends. This Hell in a Cell would have been perfect if they had to switch the matches around. Yeah. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre's match should not have been last. Roman Reigns' match should have been last. Because number one, most people are more interested in that anyway. And number two, the significance of it, they had the Wild Samoans come out there and give Roman the And then you had Jay Uso in the ring in pieces. That's how you open the show. <laughs> You open the show that way. And we're sitting here like, oh shit. Then nice,
1: you nice, bring nice.
2: up Elias and Jeff Hardy, and we just like,
3: <laughs> okay,
2: fucking bathroom break. Let's go. Gotta go take a piss and get some food. Then you come back, Sasha and Bailey. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. That
1: was uh, after. Oh, that's good. Uh... Retribution.
2: You... It's like you gave us some good and then you fucked us up and then you gave it something good. It's like it's like when you when you when you have sex and that first time, that first one, oh, that first <laughs> one be fire, Cause everything be going, everybody hyped. you know, you in there, you're like, oh, yes, I love this. And you finally get the nut and then you're like, okay, you know, take a break. Take a break, you know, go back in. That second one, you like, eh, it ain't as good as the first one. But it's eight, you know, I, I had to loosen up and shit. You know, I, I'm going to go back in again we're going to try, we try round three then you get that motherfucking cramp. <laughs> you get that motherfucking cramp because you ain't drinking up water because you know you cramp.
1: But you going to soldier through.
2: But you going to soldier through that cramp because you got to get this thing. You got to get it. You got then Charlie Morris on the back of your car. If you a kid Get over it. People fuck. You will learn how to do it when you do it. You get on top because you know you can control the swing. Because you're like, look, I got a fucking cramp. I'm tired. And he laying there or she laying there. Whatever works for you. Okay? <laughs> you get on top. You're trying to get it over. You're like, okay, I almost got it. The man who's going, it's going. It's going, and going. You finally get to the end. And you're like, yeah. So. You're to drink like, that It was all right. It wasn't what I wanted, but you know, I got that first one. That first one, that first one gave me what I needed. The rest of these, the second one, it was okay. It was good. It held me solid. But that last one, that last one didn't give me what I needed.
1: Yeah, I think the way they set it up, it was kind of like a de-escalating tone because the way they opened the show was like real high intense and then you got to Sasha and Bailey, and it was like, okay, you know, it's just as it served. And then you get to Randy and Drew, which, you know, they had good spots, but then you was like, okay, well, what else? And they closed the show. That wasn't good enough.
0: I I feel bad for Drew. I think he did a really good job as champ, and I would like to see him hold the title again one day. And I know, you know, he's going to have it again, so I'm not completely mad. I just feel bad that he, like, Orton was really his only, like,
2: (sighs) how can I say this without sounding like.
1: He was like the
2: only, true that adversary. Him, yeah, he was the only one that really gave him any pushback he had he had dog Ziggler, he went up against Lashley, you know he had he Rollins. but he didn't really have a true adversary until he got to Randy orton, and that was all due to the fact that Edge was injured because that match that was should have been. A fourth Hell in the Cell match with Edge and Randy Orton inside the, the, the cell rather than having Edge and Drew, I mean, Randy and Drew McIntyre in there. So that. we all knew Randy
0: was going to go for that title one way or another, though. Boy.
2: So, yes, I was aware that that was going to happen. To me, it just seems like WWE is doing shit prematurely and then. They're pushing through and then there's nothing. Like You tell me right now on the roster who is going to be able to go up against Randy Orton besides Drew McIntyre
1: After the again. <laughs>
2: Who's
0: going to go? That's why I'm very, very interested because the roster unless, and I told y'all, unless a mass influx of people start coming back because it's Survivor Series. Survivor Series is not gonna be very long this year, and they're not gonna focus on matches outside of like you know champion like how they did last year with n x t every match I remember last year was like the n x t tag like nXt tag teams versus the raw tag teams versus Smackdown tag teams like yeah, they had like
2: it was
0: it was just like the champions going up against each other,
2: except for that tag match, yeah, where they had the so, five teams and that's fine. I, I don't mind it. I like, I like when Survivor Series is more focused on them proving their brain to be dominant. Because you have to see, like, okay, yeah, you can fight against each other. Can you work together for that common goal? NXT proved that they were they could sit at the table. It made sense to have NXT win. They were the babies coming in. And it's like they had to do something. You understand? Just to show, like, we're viable. We're here and we ain't going nowhere. Cool, whatever. Now y'all have got to cure in. It's time to start making sure you set shit up right. SmackDown is the one holding you down. They're the ones who have steady ratings. Their storylines are better. Even the wrestling on SmackDown is better. You got a whole team going on SmackDown. If they don't win Survivor Series this year, I'd be shocked. It makes no sense to give it to Raw, and it shouldn't be given to NXT for a second year in a row. So that was a
0: shit. I had, I had. So I'm thinking about the people that they could have had put on the roster to go up against Drew. The only person who I thought of, just off the top of my head, was Bray. But I don't know if that would just be like, oh, you know, he was champ over on SmackDown, and then you know it, they'd be like, everyone would be mad because he's
1: going up against Drew. It'd mm, probably be some transitional again if they put him in that position.
0: Because I know over in in SmackDown, Seth is basically running on borrowed time because he's going to want to be there for uh, Becky when she gives birth. So, Seth, I I really think Seth is going to get taken out during Survivor Series. I think something in my gut is telling me Seth is either going to get kayfabe injured and written off or he's gonna suffer a defeat that humiliated him, and then that's like he goes away, spends some time with Becky, and then he comes back like at the Royal Rumble. It wouldn't surprise me. SmackDown has the better roster. They have Roman. They have Seth. They have their women's division can easily start building itself back up because you have Sasha there, you have Bailey there, you have Natalia there, you have women Bianca there,
1: and you yeah. got the shining star Bianca. It's about to burst Um, through.
0: They got got Carmella somewhere in Purgatory. It's interesting
2: to me what they're going to do. You got in NXT, you got a lot of injuries right now. Hopefully, Finn will be healthy to be able to compete at um, Survivor Series. He got a month to prepare so that he can um, be Clear. Mm-hmm. You know, Rich Holland's not coming back for a minute. Like he he's out. Okay.
1: Ooh. And then most of the silence for his ankle.
2: I mean, it that was just a freak accident. So Jeez. he's out. Um, but the women's division is pretty solid. And then you what I what I what I'm afraid of is that even though Randy's champion. Like I said, they're just going to run back. They're going to keep the feud going with Drew and Randy. Had they had left it on Drew, they could have ended it. And then they could, if they wanted to, they could have Ali be the thorn in Drew's side for a little while and let him run with that. Not to say that he had to win, but, I mean, until y'all can figure out a way to beat the roster back up so that you can have people, or you can start building people to be the ones to take that slot. It's like there's nobody on the roster right now outside of Kofi and Bray Wyatt who would plausibly make sense to go up against Drew for the title. Unless I'm missing some people. Mm,
1: There ain't that many people.
2: So I mean, Seamus is there. You could build Seamus up to do it. I'm Sheamus just... I'm on, on borrowing time, too, because his, his neck's
0: all jacked up. He's, I think he came out and said he got, like, a year or two left before he has to either hang up completely or he's going to go to, like, part-time basis or something like that. Cause yeah, his, sure. his, body, his body's breaking down, too. I mean,
1: he's been working hard
2: since like 2009 I think. So, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, if you're gonna uh, I was, I expected that it wasn't a terrible pay-per-view. It's not the worst they've done because they were able to put on very good matches and it's clear that they are more than capable of of building a decent story out of something. Because I'm gonna be honest, I did not expect any of this with um, Jay Uso and Roman. I did not expect any of it. I thought it was gonna be very simple. Jay was gonna lose, and then they were gonna move on to building somebody else up to go up against Roman. But they turned it into a whole storyline, and they made it work. And that was just like, if y'all can do this, Why are you having such a difficult time doing it with people who aren't even related? Like, you could take the same concept but not their story completely, but you can make it work. I mean, like, what is going on? Like, what is the problem? Does it have to be something that somebody else created and then you just sign off on it? Or, Vince, are you just so controlling that you just don't want to venture out and try new things? Yeah, you trust in Roman, but the reality is Roman's story was already built for you. All you had to do was let them play it out. So it's yeah. either you don't know how to build storylines and make, build up your superstars, or you're too stifling to allow them to do what needs to be done. And that's even worse. Like you're holding them back. That means you're the actual problem. I could understand it better if people cannot relay the story out. Then the focus is on the superstars because they don't know what they're doing. But if this is about you not allowing people to try out new things and to push forward storylines at work, then this is all on your head. This is all on you. And that's sad. Because you're stifling your own product. When you could be it could be so much better. I mean, Impact is in their own little corner, in their own little world. And they're not doing nothing more extreme than what we've seen in WWE. But whatever they do, it works. I mean, that little and- story they had with Eric Young and with um, Rich swan it was small, but Eric Young did excellent in there. Giada was a very good Impact Knockouts champion. You have Rocky Raju is a slimy ass dude. Like he is slimy as hell. I despise him, but like, he's doing his job. You're supposed to not like him. And he had a whole six-pack scramble for that title, and he still came out as champion in that. Don, what were you... That whole thing. Like, what are y'all doing? Are you even trying? That's all I want to know. Because Bailey and Sasha's story was already built to go where it went. So it wasn't like you had to do anything with that. Then you go with Drew and Randy. And that best Drew and Randy made their story worthwhile. It's disappointing. So Don,
0: what, what were you saying?
1: About what...
0: So
1: you, about you Jay were, and Roman? Yeah. Um, Jay said that they weren't really writing their story or their promos. They was just, you know, he said him and Roman just do it by ear each and every time. They play off their emotions.
0: Well, you also got to think about this. It, I mean, it's not a... How often do we hear about a whole script for SmackDown or Raw being scrapped at the last minute?
1: Hu, so many times
0: we hear that way too many times, per so they're basically going in blind because they think they're doing one thing and then they get there, and because vince Vince didn't think there was enough fart jokes or something in the script, he scrapped it completely, so you have everybody running back there, you have producers back there, you have talent back there, you have agents back there trying to figure out what the fuck is going on I think it's because Vince only wants to focus I really think it's starting to be like AEW back there with the focus only being on certain superstars but again Impact's doing their own thing and they are doing amazing like I heard their ratings for for Bound for Glory was like one of the best they've had in years and that's saying a lot because bound for glory i think is their version of wrestlemania so oh i don't i don't remember it's like that's one of their big shows or something like that but you have everyone's all thinking aew like wwe needs to worry about aew aew and wwe needs to worry about impact because their shit is picking up There is, I don't, I don't want to keep y'all too late because I know we're all getting tired. Um, One more thing, I just wanted to touch on because it really irked me. Um, That pre-show, I felt so bad for Charlie because the entire time, I wanted to punch Booker T in the mouth. Like I Um, was, I was really waiting for her to turn around and be like, "I'm talking. Can you shut up?" Like every time yeah the pre the pre-show because I I I thought it was cool because I came into the pre-show late I saw Jeff Jarrett there and I'm like okay uh weird flex but hey Jeff how how you doing you know (laughs) um but the whole time the whole time it was like every time Charlie tried to talk the men and I'm not Not because I've been told like, oh, you sound like a man basher. The whole time they kept talking over her and it was pissing me off. And I'm like, Charlie, get a hold of your damn show. And then Booker T okay, there's two things I I wanted to touch on. Booker T acting like a baby because of what Sasha Bank Sasha Bank called him out on his shit, pretty much. So he sat there. He sat there pouting, and he said, "Well, I don't like Sasha Banks." And I'm like, "You, you are a grown-ass man acting <laughs> like I can't even say a six-year-old because my son would be six-year-old don't even act like that." I
2: like, hear you're sitting, you. You're sitting what? He went out. You went for a
0: second. To low. Oh, what was the last thing you guys heard?
1: Um, I heard just like sitting a there.
0: Yeah. Oh, like he's acting like a six year old when well, my soon to be six year old don't even act like that. he He's like pouting the entire time. And it's just like when he says that everyone just kind of looked at him and they're just like, oh, and then Lawler was there for. Was, like, yeah. Why? And then I just want to talk about this because it's just fresh on my mind. Elias came out to the little thing that they were doing, and he started to sing a song.
1: Mm.
0: And in his little song, he called Jeff Hardy an addict, or he made Lou to Jeff being an addict. Now, Jeff's substance of these problems are very well known. And I know that they've had to sign off on the idea of that being used. But still, uh, as a long-time t- long Hardy Boy fan, knowing what both him and Matt have gone through with substance abuse and alcoholism and all the crazy shit that they were involved in, I'm really tired that if Jeff Hardy's last run in the WWE, because uh, even AJ Styles is getting in on it now, is all his feuds in his last run going to have to deal with the kitchen? Because it was oh, well, like
2: that. I, I mean, I I don't mean to cut you off, but when you don't have nothing else to say, or you're not creative enough to, you know, at least have a decent comeback, that's where you go. You go to the easy place, which is his substance abuses, alcohol, yada yada yada. At this point. It's like, well, you're limited. So, clearly, that's your problem. Uh, you didn't go, you haven't said anything about him having a championship in years. Or you could have even went, like, low and been like, he's old. I'm I'm here. I'm the new guy. And I'm taking the spot. Like, he needs to go ahead and retire. He's had his turn. It's my time to shine. That's simple. That's easy. He's going for people's substance abuse and shit like that. It's just like, bitch, all right. Like we talk about your weak ass singing, you'll never be Johnny Cash. You got a decent song on your album, and motherfuckers want to act like they Johnny Cash. No bitch, you're not. You're not Johnny Cash. You're not even Johnny Dime. You're not even close. You don't. You don't even make even attempt to be that. So don't don't do it. Like just stay in your lane. You're a wrestler masquerading as a superstar. That's the reality. So I mean, he gonna go for the jugular, then shit. You gonna hit low, then Jeff Hardy needs to hit low. I go in on your ass like your singing is lackluster. Your music is terrible. Your first album went garbage. You so,
1: know your big ass songs. You still performing at coffee shops, bitch.
2: Period. The fuck, like I mean, it's lazy. You don't have nowhere else to go. That's all he know how to do it's like a bully when a bully come out the bully either you when you fat and the bully coming at you the first thing the bully say oh you fat and you'd be like so is your mama so <laughs> the fuck?
1: what I can say is that um Seamus did it in quite good taste but then like after that it should have been left alone it should have been done It's no point to keep saying it over and over and over again. Only person who did step outside of that was Sammy Zayn. Sammy didn't say nothing about no addiction the entire time. Oh, yeah. He
2: sure did. He just was saying he was the champion. That's where he went.
1: You could have used that with anybody.
2: I'm just saying. I'm I'm just saying. Half the wrestlers in the damn wrestling community are drug addicts because of what y'all put y'all bodies in. So using that as a trope don't do shit. And as far as Booker T goes, and he mad in his feelings about what Sasha Banks said, then you got little Dick Syndrome playing, and you need to about it. They got penile replacement now where you can get whatever size dick you want to make you feel better. But what she said was the truth. Your singles career was irrelevant and she got multiple titles on you in a shorter amount of time. So he a dick. You can be mad all you want to. You're a grown fucking man. Instead of acting like that, you acted acting like a child on teeth. You should have been more professional than that. She said,
1: we want to talk about how me, Naomi, and Ambiaka
2: better than you? Oh. You no. Oh. did she lie, though? Nope. Nope. I mean, the reality is... That's what to him. He said
1: they got to no. step
2: their game up. Step their game up to what? Everybody said, don't like yeah. licking Vince McMahon's ass. Some of them like getting what they owe. You like to be a bootlicker. So when you got your opportunity to be WWE champion and went up against Triple H, you were a bootlicker. And that's where you're going to stay. So they gave you the secondary title as a consolation prize. They didn't let you be the man. So don't get it twisted. Tell the truth and shame the devil. You mad because these women ain't trying to bow down to you for what? Your fucking locks is hanging on by a thread. You talk shit every time somebody says something. But I don't hear that same energy and my towards everybody else. It is specifically geared towards them. That's why I'm gonna fucking stay on your neck, and that's why I stay on your neck. So you're gonna be mad about it, be mad. I don't give a fuck about how you feel about it. I truly don't. If you mad. Do something about it. Get your ass back in the ring and prove her wrong.
1: Okay. But he wants to get back in there and do that damn spin room.
0: I just you know, I've I've gone off on Booker T too. Like, you know, we've we've got, we've all gone off on Booker T on this show. And it's just like I don't I don't get why you're you should I'm not saying you are how can how did I say it on Twitter? You should be glad that you're able to see black athletes, man, woman, whatever you identify yourself as, having to who can come into this business and not having to play up to the stereotypes that you guys in the past were pigeonholed into. And because, like, you walk like here's the thing: when I hear Booker T talk shit about Sasha Banks or Bianca Belair. I'm like, first of all, for a man that's not their daddy, you seem to worry about them way too fucking much. First of all, so that's just that's just kind of creepy. And then, like, second of all, weren't you the one running around like a Game of Thrones reject cosplayer for a few years, holding up your fucking pinky like it meant something? Like, okay, but I that that pre-show I normally don't like pre-show, because that Sam Roberts asshole's there,
2: but, like,
0: th- that, that pre-show was just atrocious, and if Charlie's, like, if Charlie is going to be the one that takes over for Renee, you know Renee would not have anyone talk about her. If someone tried that, she'd talk, like, just as loud, or as, loud as they did, because she's like, you, aren't, you ain't fucking up my drip. Uh-uh. But she needs a mute button. Or something, or she don't need that many people to be there at one time. I, w- tip, I'll tell you this, because this will make you laugh. Before my husband left, he heard uh, Booker T. Going that, what was that? That sucky ducky quack quack bullshit that he says that he thinks yeah. is cool for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> my husband looked at the TV. and He goes, Did Booker T. Just have a stroke? <laughs> I said no that's that's his catchphrase and he go he just stares at the TV and he goes yeah he needs a better catchphrase like what what the hell was
2: <laughs> I was sick of sick of him and I like how he he'll, he'll be play nice on TV and come to WWE and then he'll go on his podcast and talk shit and it's just it's interesting to me the way I'll end it is like when Tori Wilson was getting this shit because um, she got put in the Hall of Fame, he defended her at all costs. She deserves it. She she earned it. Those, you don't understand what those women had to go through. And it's like on the flip side, you got Sasha, you got Bianca, you got Naomi. And the hashtag was not started to give Naomi just all of the accolades. they like, We don't hand her anything. It's earned. If that's the case, the Tori Wilson ass don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Because what did she do to earn it? Tori Wilson was not in a part of the Divas division to be a wrestler. You and I both fucking know this. So what exactly did she go in the Hall of Fame for? So people being upset about that Rightfully so, seeing how she went in the Hall of Fame before people who actually pioneered the women's division, like China, in the Hall of Fame. But your defense of her was valid. And in, in your defense, I'll say, you know what? You were there, you saw. So I'll give you that. But now you on you behind the scenes now and you see what these women have to go through. Especially the black girls and you tear them down every chance you get. But you big up the other girls. You give girls like Stacey Keebler, oh, they deserve that. Tori Wilson, she deserves that. And you try to convince me it's not a link. Race race. It's not that at all. It's only three black girls in the WWE and all three of them, you give them a hard time. So one plus one is two, and two plus two is four. And uh-huh. I just
0: I don't know. I just think that they that whole that that whole pre-show was just that was just a clusterfuck, and they they really don't need that many freaking people on that damn DS or whatever it it is. Like between you got Sam Robert, you got Sam Roberts. Dumbass thing. Then you got Booker T there, and then you have. No, that,
1: that's not Sam. That's um. That was Peter Rosenberg. Oh, Sam oh, Rose with Rose the Bird carrot top. Oh. Yeah. I, like
0: I I don't like either one of them, so I just. I, just,
2: <laughs> I
1: don't like <laughs> Rosenberg. I like. Sometimes he has rational opinions, but. I
2: don't, you know. mind, Rosenberg.
0: I don't mind Rosenberg either. I, like. I just I I just have this weird thing. I just don't. I just don't like how sometimes he's just he can't he to me at least he fluctuates between like praising people and then all this crap and then like Corey was making me mad because he just Corey's a freaking simp like if you guys want to know anybody who is a simp Ah! freaking Corey Graves like he yeah Seth came out on SmackDown because just due to some family stuff I hadn't been been focusing on wrestling and um. He came out and he was just going like Seth is like the best thing that's ever happened to SmackDown, and he's just doing. You know, I'm like, but then like when Sasha Banks comes out, he's so damn flip floppy with her, and I'm like, one minute he'll sit there and say, you know, oh she doesn't deserve this, and at the end of the match he's like, oh she deserves this. She's got that ruthlessness, and I'm like, where are you just? shit about her, like, not even five minutes ago? Mm -hmm. Okay. That is the definition of a simp to me. Like, he just wants to to like, so much. It's not even funny. But, overall, this wasn't the worst TLC. It wasn't the best, or not TLC, Hell in a
1: Cell. (laughs) Somebody's sleepy.
0: I, I got my brain set on Survivor Series right now because like another like season premiere. I'm like, nah, me to me the season ends with Survivor Series.
1: Yeah, um, that's what I feel like. That's why I say she did draft Survivor Series, but hey.
0: But, you know, TL, I mean, a lot of people don't watch TLC to be honest because we'll be taking our break after Survivor Series. I might not watch TLC. I don't know about the rest of y'all,
1: but um. Mm. Depends on how it's set up.
0: I'm on the for punishment. I'll watch it. I
1: don't know.
0: Because they only have, I'm, they tried too hard to be hardcore. But we got, so I'm not thrilled about the money in the bank situation, but I kind of got all that anger out already. It's just, I don't know. I just, I have this feeling that this is either way, however he tries to do it, it's going to be a failed cash in because I know what he's going to try to do. He's going to come in if, you know, Finn, Finn's healed up by then, which he should, because the last couple of pictures I've seen of him, his mouth looks like it's able to work again. Um, I feel bad. I'm, I'm sorry, Finn. I, I love you, but, dude, your face is <laughs> like swollen. Um, his face was, it was, it was something. It was
1: pretty messed very up.
0: Very abstract. Yeah. I just, I, 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 mean, I just said this. I, it's just like, so they're going to do all this shit but with, with the money in the bank thing. They're, they're, they sp- they, split up Heavy Machinery. Cause it's just like a domino effect. They did nothing with the money in the bank. They never gave Heavy Machinery a chance to be the tag team we all know they can be. Now they split them up. Tucker cost Otis the money in the bank briefcase. Now the team has it. And you know he's going to try to come out Either before Survivor, like before that match in Survivor Series, or afterwards, and he's gonna try to to pin Finn. Finn's not gonna have, let him have it. He's gonna try to pin Roman. Roman's not gonna let him have it. It's just gonna be a failed cash in. So you're gonna do all this extra work just to lead up to a failed cash in. Like y'all are y'all are putting in too much work for this for it to be a failed cash in.
2: how okay, but do I'll I'll let you have it. I do agree with Nicole that it is a tool. I like when money in blank when money in the bank is in place and it's done properly. This year was not done properly. They wasted it and it could have made it worth more while had they had used it properly. And that was my only thing. And I have another question, and then I'll leave y'all alone. Otis and Tucker were fighting backstage. Otis is a SmackDown wrestler. So
1: how is that going to play out? I thought Otis was on Raw.
0: So wait a minute, Otis is on SmackDown?
3: Yeah, Otis is SmackDown. Tucker got um, drafted to Raw. Basically, yeah. it's just them putting the final nail in heavy machinery. Um, I'm pretty sure they might do something with them too, but it's just like... This is Heavy Machinery is no more. So they're not like the New Day where... The New Day is still the New Day. Like, they even said to themselves, they're not broken up. They're just on separate bands. This is more like Heavy Machinery is no longer Heavy Machinery. Yeah.
1: It's probably going to play off at Survivor Series, and that's going to be it.
2: I'm exactly like More than, like,
3: like, like more than likely, right. Otis Mike is going to be on SmackDown team. Tucker will be on the Raw team. Otis will probably pin Tucker during one of the the brand tag match or whatever, and then that'll okay. probably be the end
1: of it. I really wanted to know what
2: they were going to do with Tucker.
3: What's up? Oh, you, she What's said she here? wanted to know what they were going to do with Otis and Tucker. I mean, basically it's the same thing they go through. Where it's like, oh, best friends, and I was the one that helped you do this. It was me. It was me. It was me. So and I was just, like, I guess. So I just,
0: I don't, this whole thing's just been a mess. It it just, it's not even, I just want to, at this point, I don't care if it's a fail cash in or a successful cash in. I just, I just don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I mean, I'll see what happens. I'll give it a chance and just see where they go with it. If they actually build it up and do something good with it. So. I'll wait to see how the story plays out.
0: Anybody else got anything left to say about Hell in a Cell 2020? Nope. That's all we got. We ain't got no more.